What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake. David, I think we said on the last podcast that maybe we would hop back on to talk some recruiting news. And sure enough, the Hurricanes got good news on Wednesday night, or I should say Wednesday afternoon, when four-star wide receiver Jacoby George went uh, public with a verbal commitment to the Hurricanes. Jacoby is an Under Armour All-American, a kid who was extremely productive as a junior in Broward County, totaling over 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, He was initially going to announce on Saturday, but out of nowhere, um, he kind of pushed things up and went public with a commitment video. Uh, So before we get into that, just how how you doing, David? Doing well. Yeah. I mean, it was good to see Miami. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think Jacoby's a, a really, really good receiver, big time player. We'll, we'll get into it more, but I think he's a really good fit for this offense that Miami's going to be installing too. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's the first wide receiver to jump on the on board uh, with this new offense coming. And I think there's a lot to get into and unpack with, with Jacoby's commitment. And, you know, is it the domino of more good news coming the first domino to fall? We'll we'll get into that too, maybe. Yeah. uh, First off, we want to thank everyone that has subscribed to the podcast, has liked, left a review. Um, The support goes definitely a long way. Look, man, if you guys, if you guys have good, solid questions, please uh, shoot them to us. Uh, in, in the last episode where we kind of did a deep dive on North Carolina, there was a lot of positive feedback, especially on our site and uh, looking for to do more things like that. I mean, it's it's we still probably got two months in, until fall camp gets underway. I know there's going to be some recruiting camps here in the next couple of weeks, but really it's, it's kind of that dead time. So um, keep keep suggesting ideas, keep supporting the podcast, and we'll keep talking about them. Yes, no doubt. We, we appreciate all the support, all the five-star reviews. Definitely keep it coming if you guys can. Uh, we appreciate it all. Appreciate it all. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into Jacoby's, uh, I guess we could call it like a recommitment, right? Because he was committed to Miami very early in the process, right, Andrew? Yeah, so he is a kid who committed to Miami last summer um, in the days following the Paradise Camp. He had actually picked up his scholarship offer in early June, kind of right around um, this time when uh, he had worked out for the coaching staff at one of those individual camps. Um, So he committed to Miami, seemed to be pretty solid uh, after the Hurricanes lost to FIU. He was one of the kids that decided to open his recruitment back up. You had a, a shuffling of the coaching staffs uh, in terms of Dan Enos leaving, Taylor Stubblefield leaving, and comes Rhett Lashley and George Likens. Um, there was kind of a time when we weren't sure what the new offensive staff in terms of uh, Likens and, and Lashley had thought of Jacoby George, but he's a guy that they want. And uh, the decision w- was made to pursue him and, uh, Miami kind of turned up the heat via the Zoom meetings, and sure enough, he ended up committing to the Hurricanes. Um, he also held offers from schools like Georgia Tech, uh, um, 
Penn State was in there, Indiana, UCF. So he didn't have a ton of huge offers. And I, I think there's a reason behind that. That's just because he's not the most physically developed wide receiver in terms of when you see him, you're going to see more of a like a, like a boy, like a teenage boy than you would a, a, a grown man. But I think he's only going to get you know more freaky and developed and add that right weight once he's in David Feely's weightlifting program. Yeah, I think he's a guy that is – and Manny Diaz has talked about he wants and looks for these type of guys. He's a guy that is going to continue to develop uh, you know, physically when he gets into the program uh, because, like you said, he's just like a, a younger-looking guy. Um, but I will say I don't think you can ignore his production, right? Like whenever, whenever we've seen him, whether it's at a camp setting, at a seven-on-seven – setting or you know you just look at his junior film and look at his stats when he's playing real football bottom line is he produces he generates big plays and that is always going to translate so that playmaking in a body type that still has plenty of maturing and growing to do to me is Miami fans should be excited about this this addition to the class yeah, I, I, I go back to the Under Armour camp, which was really one of the only camps we got. Um, and Jacoby was out there. He had a nasty one-handed uh, grab and, and, and one-on-ones. I mean, obviously, it's just shirt, shirt and shorts. But I remember one of the coaches on the sideline is like, why do you have to make it so difficult? Um, but he, he just – he's like a playmaker to me. And, and when you turn on the tape, it's, it's really exciting. Uh, I, I was at his spring or I'm sorry, it was like a preseason referee scrimmage last August and, and they played Shamanad Madonna plantation did. And it was just two quarters and Jacoby scored three times and Shamanad Madonna ended up winning a three, a 3A state title. So he can produce in pads. And I think that that says a lot. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's a good take, especially with Miami, just how they're going to that, um, spread offense and to be honest I think this commitment could kind of open the door for Miami and get this ball rolling in terms of them locking up maybe some of these other offensive targets where do you see him um, as a receiver in this system do you see him as a slot guy or do you see him as an outside receiver type guy I think you can kind of play play everywhere Um, maybe it'll depend on what other receivers they get in the class uh, but he's a guy who can move around. I mean, when you see him, I think everyone would say automatically he's he's a slot, but he plays much bigger than he is. Um, he's a pretty good route runner, and you know he's he's fast. I think he's got a four seven forty verified uh, four seven time verified in the forty yard dash. But he to me plays much faster than that in pads. I think he's got like a four three shuttle. Uh, so I think he could play multiple spots. I mean, we really don't know what Rhett Lashley's offense is going to look like. We can assume it's going to be something like what we saw at SMU, but I think he could uh, be a guy that's moved around. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. You know, you look at the top receiver at SMU that Rhett Lashley coached the last two seasons, and I'm not necessarily making this a player comparison, but if you just look at Rhett Lashley's top receiver, James Prochet, he primarily lined up in the slot, but he did also line up quite frequently on the outside as that threat. And, you know, I do think Jacoby has the skill set to play 
like you said, in the slot or in the outside. And I think, you know, that versatility makes him even, you know, makes a ton of sense for this, for this type of offense. It's going to be difficult for defenses to have to defend uh, this offense if it is full of receivers like Jacoby George that have that versatility of being able to line up in the slot or in the outside. So I think it's an exciting thing. You know, we, we talk about this mainly on defense with kind of where things are going uh, with football in general in a positionless type direction. You know, the, the lines are being blurred on defense as to traditional positions and what they look like. I think that's also happening somewhat at the wide receiver spot. You know, we're seeing more tight ends line up as quote unquote slot receivers. You know, we're seeing slot receivers line up more and more on the outside just to give different looks, generate different matchups because defenses have to adjust to to where those guys line up. And I think Jacoby George fits that category as a guy that can line up in, in multiple spots and, and that just means defenses are going to have to pay attention to where he is when, when the ball is snapped. Um, Miami now with 15 commitments, 13 of those guys, oh wait, no, 12 of those guys reside in, in Broward or uh, Miami-Dade County. And then you have two of them, Deshaun Troutman and Elijah Arroyo, who actually grew up and were born in the 305. So it's really impressive to me how – um, Miami's just not getting the big dogs locally, but is really emphasizing local recruiting and, and, and trying to attack those schools. I mean, obviously, there's some some big names that they need to still get uh, if if you're going to claim that they are owning South Florida. I'm talking about guys like Leonard Taylor or James Williams, but I do think it's it's some somewhat notable that they've been able to kind of um, talk these guys in, in, into committing especially just given how last season went. Uh, I also think maybe the previous offensive staff was a, was a little too picky at times in, in terms of going after some of the local offensive talent. And, and I know Jacoby Georgia was committed to Taylor Sebelfield and, and Dan Enos, but I think it's a good sign that Miami wants him and then they want some other receivers down here like Romello Brinson, um, Jaden Alexis, the, the, the kid out of uh, Pompano Beach Monarch, Brashard Smith, um, the wide receiver out of Miami Palmetto, the, the, the quick slot. And then you got Romello Brinson uh, out of Miami Northwestern. So it's, 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 I think, promising that they want those guys. And in large part, that's probably because this offense is appealing to those local receivers. Do you think uh, Jacoby is a better fit for this spread offense than he would be in a quote unquote traditional pro style. Like when I say that, I'm not talking down about Jacoby's talent. Like I think he's a talented guy that could have success in any scheme, but I think, you know, we've touched on his body. Like in my opinion, I think for receivers to be productive in a pro style type offense, they need to be, you know, able to physically overwhelm the talent uh, they are facing on defense to win those one-on-one matchups, et cetera. Whereas with the spread offense, you know, the system allows these Jacoby George type receivers to be in space and, and make plays and use their speed and, and agility and acceleration to generate big plays. Do, do you agree with that take? 
No, I do, and I think it's going to be easier for a guy like Jacoby George to get on the field uh, in Brett Lashley's offense. And, and you're right. I mean, I don't know um, if you watch the huddle on, on Jacoby George. Yeah, he he beats man coverage now, but that's also at the high school level. In college, guys are going to be bigger and they're going to be faster. Um, so it's it's going to be a little bit more more difficult. But I, you know, I, I think I think this is going to be good for him in a way. Um, the player comp I, I do have for Jacoby George is Amon Richards. And I think we've discussed that in the past on mm-hmm. this podcast, but to, to me, Jacoby George could also be compared a little bit to Mike Harley. And we have brought up in the past how we think Mike Harley could be in line for a huge season, uh, in, in this new spread offense. So I, I do agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, and look, you, you spoke on it, but Miami's making a big push to land, a ton of these low, like South Florida is loaded with quality uh, receivers in this recruiting cycle. And they are more Jacoby George types than, you know, pro style receivers that can, you know, overwhelm you with physical gifts and physical talents with their sheer size and speed combination. Um, So again, Manny Diaz, one of the reasons why he wanted to switch to a spread is because, of the way it would help him recruit local skill talent. Um, Jacoby George is an example of that. And there's plenty of others that they're targeting um, at the position that fit that bill too. How many, how many receivers do you expect Miami to recruit annually? Andrew, do you think there's going to be more numbers thrown at the position because, you know, the system does put three or four receivers on the field together pretty much all the game long? Yeah, I mean, you have to. And I think the number for the 2021 cycle is going to be three or four. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of the norm just moving forward. I mean, four would probably be on the upper end, but they're going to take at least two guys every cycle. And um, we can kind of jump I guess that transitions into what's next and I mentioned look this Jacoby George commitment can really get the ball going and from what I've been hearing um, the past few weeks is Miami thought that there was going to be some kind of movement um, with some of the offensive targets and and Jacoby George is the first one that jumped in I I wrote on on Thursday morning on inside the u.com that Rob Likens tweeted right after Jacoby George's announcement. Um, the fir- I, I think it was like the first one is in or, or, or something like that. And what that basically means is, you know, Miami thinks there might be a little bit of a run here as guys try to secure some spots. So uh, Romello Brinson, the, the kid out of Miami Northwestern, he's going to make an announcement on, I think, what is it? Uh, June 13th. So that's, that's in two weeks from now. That's a Miami, Georgia, Texas A&M battle. And then you also got the Jaden Alexis kid I mentioned and Burchard Smith. Um, they don't have commitment dates, but there's some feeling that those guys could be making decisions sooner rather than later. And uh, I, think, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, we, we've talked too about just how the current situation with with the pandemic uh, shutting visits down, recruiting visits where these guys can unofficially and officially visit schools, you know, in, in other areas, that opportunity is not there. Um, 
And let's be real, that's a big advantage for Miami in recruiting. Um, and luckily for Miami in that regard, this 2021 class locally is loaded. So in my opinion, I think Manny Diaz and Miami is doing a good job of taking advantage of the situation and selling the program to local recruits. Now they're going to have to keep it rolling when the season gets started and have results on the field, which we've touched on in previous podcasts. But, you know, so far this offseason, I think they've executed a plan during this difficult time with, with recruiting. Uh, you know, they've executed a plan in an impressive fashion, in my opinion. Let's take a quick break on the other side, kind of get more into Romello Brunson. Um, there's another commitment coming up as well, Cameron Kitchens, and we'll just talk a little bit more about that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, David, we're back. I mentioned Romello Brinson, and we've we've said his name multiple times here. Um, I I guess, what do you think of Romello Brinson kind of as the player teaming up to to, to kind of handicap where things stand two weeks out. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, a, he's another guy. We talked about Jacoby George as a guy who was formerly committed to Miami early in the process. Romello Brenson is another type that's, that fits that billing uh, as well. And, you know, Miami has stayed consistent with him, right, Andrew? And, and you've written in the past that, uh, you know, Obviously, typically guys don't recommit uh, if they decommit from a program. But you highlighted both Jacoby and you've highlighted Romello Brinson as guys who, you know, are still legitimately interested in Miami. And Miami's definitely hanging around with Romello. I think if you want to read tea leaves, and again, you can get into this. I don't – I – I wouldn't necessarily say anything is a done deal with Romello, but I think if you want to read tea leaves, there's already off the top of my head, what four Northwestern guys committed in this class. Do I have that right? Or three, three. Yeah. There's three committed in this class. And then Cam Kitchens, the safety is he's, he's set to announce before Romello. No, No? No, he's in July. (laughs) Okay. He's in July. So Romello Brinson, Cam Kitchens, I think Miami, is it fair to say Miami feels good about him? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, th- I think they're in it. I, that, that's an Auburn-Miami battle. I mean, I, I don't really think Miami feels, feels good about anyone until they announce. But, yes, I, what you're hinting at is Miami could clean up right. at Northwestern. 
Right. So, you know, I think if you want to read tea leaves, the potential is there that Miami kind of has momentum going, gets who they want at Northwestern High School. What, what would, how would you handicap things with Brinson right now? Well, first I want to, you, you bring up that Miami has been able to get some guys to, to recommit. Um, and I just wanted to circle back to the 2020 cycle. You know, Miami had 19 decommitments. It was, it was a ton, but they did actually end up signing some of those guys that decommitted. Avante Williams was one of them. Um, Elijah Roberts, Keyshawn Washington. So they signed three of those guys. Uh, the, the, some of the other decommitments were, were a parting of the ways, but in the, in the 2021 cycle, Miami's had eight decommitments so far. Um, they've already got Thad Franklin to recommit, Jacoby George to recommit, and I think there's a chance you know, Romello Brinson could be another one that recommits, and, and James Williams is another guy that's out there. So um, I, that, that was just something that I know there was a thread about it. Kind of, it's it's notable that Miami is getting some of these guys back in the boat. Uh, in terms of Romello Brinson, right now my crystal ball as of Thursday morning is on Texas A&M, but I do not feel good about that at all. I think when I initially put in that score was when they made the changes to the 24-7 sports crystal ball where we can no longer be foggy for a kid, and I just kind of had to put one in. So I put one in on, on Texas A&M. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how much the Aggies are really pushing for him. I think the threat seems to be Georgia – uh, for Miami. But Romello has said in the past, you know, he would like to stay home if, if the offense throws the ball and, and puts up points. So is he going to make a decision in, or, or would he feel comfortable enough committing to Miami, not really knowing how things are going to go in 2020? I don't know. Um, that's right. just that. That's just kind of my handicap on it right now. Like I think Miami's definitely in this, but everyone's expecting. Does does he know where he's going? I don't think he's really informed anyone where he's uh -huh. going. Right. So there's a date. Uh, there's still decisions to be made. Miami's got to close strong in these next what ten days or so if they're going to land him. Um, we'll see. You know, my I put in a crystal ball before. Uh, Brinson announced he was committing on June 13th. And my thinking with that crystal ball was just, you know, I was projecting, look, I think Miami's going to have a good season. You've written in the past that, hey, if Miami does have a good season, they'll have a legitimate shot at Brinson. And so my thinking was Brinson was going to announce late in the fall. And, right. and you know, uh, I think if that happened – he would have looked at Miami and liked what he saw, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, it was a long shot, long distance crystal ball prediction, definitely. Um, and it, it still might hold true. We'll see. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, still, still, still plenty ways to go, even though it is just 10 days away. Right. Yeah. There's still ways to go. Um, on the Cameron kitchens thing that I didn't mean to, kind of put you down earlier uh he, he's going to announce on on july 11th that's the tentative date who knows if that will change it, it seems like uh, jacoby george was trying to surprise some people when he he jumped the gun with his announcement so maybe kitchens tries to do the same thing i, I don't know i mean i'm not hinting or teasing at that i just think it's a possibility we need to consider that one seems to be a miami auburn battle you know he's also got 
Texas A&M in there. Nebraska's in there. Nebraska seems to be uh, in not a good spot just with, with South Florida recruits right now. I mean, Henry Gray from the last recruiting cycle, he went there and rolled early and recently put his name in the transfer portal. So I think if you're Miami, that's awesome. You want, you want Henry Gray walking around South Florida telling kids what it's really like at Nebraska. And I don't think Miami's right. going to make a move on, on Henry Gray, but that's something that I just want to kind of to bring up. But with Cameron Kitchens, I think it's Miami or Auburn. He visited the Plains in March before the dead period. And that's just that's how I see it right now. My my crystal balls on Miami. I, I think Miami's in a good spot, but I'm not not ready to put move that confidence score up to ten and, and guarantee a lock. With Auburn, do you do you have any sense, any feel for maybe what they're selling them on? I don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I really I, I really don't. I think he likes the the college town and the fact that everything is is centered there on football, Auburn football. So maybe right. Miami, Miami, you try to counter with the new player like likeness and image and, and just how you will have more opportunities in South Florida. And you also, I think, try to play up the angle of him being able to stay home. And you've mentioned too, um, you know, there's been talks with Ed Reed, right? Like that, that's another thing Miami can, can sell as well. Correct. Yeah, it is. And, and I, I think I wrote a few days ago yeah. that uh, Ed, Ed Reed had conducted a Zoom call with um, Cam Kitchens. And, you know, I think that's notable, man. I, I really do. And I don't want to get into what's going on in, in the world right now. But, you know, Ed Reed had a, a pretty interesting social media post on Tuesday night, just kind of him talking out loud about Drew Brees. And I think... Like if I'm Miami, I'm I'm trying to play that up. Just just how he kind of handled that situation, and like if you're Miami, you should be kind of proud that Ed Reed is not only an alum, but man, he's your director of football operations. So I think, and I'm not saying that's going to be the reason why Cam Kitchens picks Miami, but that, that that stuff has to help, I think. And you know, this is all fluid. This can all change. But your understanding would be Cam Kitchens. Well, not Cam Kitchens, but Miami might just take one safety in this class, right? I think so. Um, they took big the num numbers last class. Yeah, the number situation is interesting. I was trying to do the crunch um, actually this morning, and the decisions are going to be half to made. I, I think yeah. one will be the bare minimum, but if, if James Williams wants in or, or, or a Tarion Arnold, who's a four-star safety up in, up right. in Tallahassee, like if those guys want in, they're going to find space for him. And to be honest, I mean, are we really going to consider James Williams a, a safety? I know that's what he wants to hear, but I think to me, he's more of just potentially like a linebacker or, or a striker. You know, you, you, you would find spots for him regardless. Yeah. I mean, ideally James Williams is going to be a linebacker. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if you want to call it like in the box safety, I think you could sell him on that. But yeah, I mean, we've, We've done this for too long. We've seen James Williams types in the past that, you know, look, he's just a big dude, like, and he's only going to continue to get bigger uh, in a college level strength and conditioning program, which is a good thing. And so, you know, his body type, I think is going to dictate that he has to move up a level um, on defense, you know, with that being linebacker or striker 
or if you want to qualify it as like an in-the-box safety. Uh, yeah, that's last thing I want to. The last thing I want to kind of dive into, David. And again, I said I, I you know, I really don't want to get into much of what's going on kind of right now, and I don't think that's the place for it. But what do you think of Miami's response? Because just kind of looking around um, yeah. to see what other schools have done, I think Miami has. has hit this thing out of the park in, in terms of how Manny has, has handled the situation. You know, the team's official account had posted some photos on, I think it was Tuesday that they had a, a moment of silence on, on one knee in, inside the IPF for the players that had returned. Um, I'm just, I've been impressed. I'll, I'll just leave it yeah. at that. No, I think, look, the leadership of the athletic department and Manny Diaz with the football program and, you know, in general, it seems like all the head coaches of the various athletic staffs at Miami. Um, I think it's been impressive. You know, I think the bottom line with, you know, during this time is just authenticity and, you know, say what you want about Manny Diaz, but the one thing he's always been, in my opinion, is authentic. And that's always going to shine through during tough situations like this. Um, he's, you know, there's, there's been other media reports uh, that have covered this, you know, the way Miami's handled things during this time. And he's opened things up for dialogue, you know, with, with the players and coaches and he's brought in, you know, police chiefs, all that stuff, just having dialogue, having talks, which is what this country needs right now during this time. So, yeah. you know, it's a tough I, I time think, to lead. And I think Manny deserves praise for the way he's handled things so far. Right. And, and to me, it, it's not like he's a football coach right now. He's more of just a person. And yes. Like, I, I do agree that it, that has shined through um, from what we've seen on, on social media. Like, yes. I think it's, and I think it's good. I think it could help Miami like long-term and you know, I don't really think we need to get at what we're hinting at, but I think prospective student athletes will definitely take notice of that. No doubt. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not authentic, if you're not being real, you need to be held accountable um, right. as a leader. And that's kind of going on right now throughout the country. So, you know, credit to Manny Diaz for, for, you know, being authentic, being real. And, and, you know, I think Miami fans should be proud about the way he's, he's been a leader during this, during this time, you know, navigating this, this difficult time for this country. Before we wrap this up, uh, haven't even mentioned Jared Williams. We've gone a whole podcast without that. Uh, so it is 1130 in the morning, Eastern time on Thursday. And uh, still no announcement from Jared Williams, no white smoke yet. I did talk with some people on Wednesday, and I, I wrote this in an insider. Miami seems to still be optimistic about where things stand. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I will continue to bring my laptop wherever I go um, over the next couple of days. But hopefully sometime soon there is some clarity on that. Yeah, we're on what? Is it kind of like week two or week three of Jared Williams potential commitment watch. Um, I would say Friday, Saturday would, would be week three. Okay. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. And uh, if you're a Miami fan, keep your fingers crossed, I guess. 
Any 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 plans for the weekend? Oh no. I mean, you know. No, no plans. Maybe go to the beach. Um uh-huh. but yeah, just just kind of relaxing. I don't know. You? Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to get to the beach as well if if the weather holds. Gonna keep uh keep betting Bundesliga soccer red hot right now. <laughs> so uh I need a heat check. But yeah, that's 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 kind of the plans. All right. Get that money then. Yeah. Um, thanks again, everyone who listened. Hopefully we, I don't know, maybe it'll be an emergency podcast over the weekend. If, if Jared Williams does do something, if not, we'll be back next week, probably talking more recruiting. Um, and we'll just kind of go from there. Take care guys. <laughs>